Welcome to the Radio Plasma Podcast, a space dedicated to the exchange of ideas, conversations, stories, music, performances, and randomness. Listen at radioplasma.com. Also, we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, and Stitcher. I'm your producer and host, Johan Rashivega, and today I want to welcome Erika Slocum. And we're going to talk about a very important and exciting project happening here in Holyoke. Erika, welcome and thank you for being here with us. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself so we can get to know you. And then the connection that is the project that you're working on. Um, so I'm a student uh, at the University of Massachusetts in the um, African-American um, Studies program. Um, I'm also a painter. Um, I love doing mixed media, um, but more so focus on acrylic on canvas. And I am also a mother of a nine-year-old beautiful boy, Nico. And I like to do things, a lot of stuff in the community. And so, yeah. So the project that you're working on involves compiling information, pretty much archiving the history of the black community in Holyoke. Yeah, so um, I'm working with Wisteria Hearst through a grant through Mass Humanities now on a project called uh, Black Holyoke, Uncovering the Black Community in the Paper City. I've been working on this since December, and essentially what we've been doing is, um, or what I've been doing uh, with the help of uh, the folks at Wisteria Hearst, is uh, creating a finding aid for you know the black community, things that already exist here, um, whether that be at Wisteria Hearst in their archives or at the archives at the um, Holyoke Public Library. And just putting those things together, oh, and also using UMass. So UMass Special Collections, I'm you know been in contact with them as well, just to figure out like what already exists in archives so that we can build on the history and the legacy of black of the black community here in Holyoke. How this initiative uh, began? Pretty much you are starting with it, but how this whole idea came up and how did you got involved with it? So I got involved, I'll start there. Um, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who works at Wisteria Hearst, and she's like, you know, we, we have this really good idea of, you know, wanting to... Um, no, actually, so I was talking to her and I said, I want to do a project on the black folks like that are on the ground, you know what I mean? Not the gatekeepers, not the people that we have consistently seen in the news, but like, you know, like really understanding like how people are living their lives, mainly in Springfield. And that was my thought, right? Like, how do we tell the history of Springfield from the ground up and not from top down? And... As I'm talking to Cheryl, she's just like, you know, you know what? It's funny that you say that because Kate at Wisteria Hearst has the same, has a similar idea, but thinking and focusing on, you know, black folks in Holyoke because the story has, it has been told, right? Um, and so not to, you know, uh, minimize the work that has been previously done. There has been a story that's been told, but how do we bring it to the surface, right? Like, how do we like really acknowledge the fact that this was and continues to be a black space, right? And even though that's not, again, like on the on the surface and it's not, you know, something that's 
consistently broadcast that people lived here, they live here, and they continue to live their lives and do good work and do good things in the community. And so how do we how do we archive that, you know what I mean, and make it accessible for the community, that, that history, that legacy of black folks here in Holyoke? So naturally, getting these ideas flowing and noticing there is a common interest on making it happen, I'm pretty sure made you get it involved with big interest and excitement. What has been so far the discoveries or the findings that you have made? So I think one of the biggest things for me is, like I said, I'm a Black Studies grad student at UMass. And so, you know, I have a history, an understanding of history and like time, right? And so I'm like, obviously, we know that there were slaves here in Massachusetts, right? But I don't think for me it was like that they were here in like Springfield, you know what I mean? And I'm going through and I'm looking at different um, documents and it's like former slave Bushman purchases 56 acres of land. And I'm like, that's a lot of land, <laughs> one. And two, like... Who is this person, right? Like, how do I learn more about them? And so while the project is, you know, really uncovering all of the things that, you know, Wisteria Hearst has and the Holyoke Public Library has, I've been going down these, like, rabbit holes of just, like, information. Like, people own businesses, you know, in a time when that wasn't really a prominent, you know what I mean? Like, black business owners or black landowners families, large families, you know, and really building community here in, in Holyoke, you know. And so I think for me, you know, the Fuller family and the Jarvis or the Fuller Jarvis family and that connection, um, even thinking that like there's a road that's still named for, you know what I mean, like these people that I don't think people fully understand, you know, that this was a prominent black family that lived here, you know, prior to the Emancipation Proclamation, you know, prior to the Civil War. And in that time, they were building a black community, you know, and, and they were in the newspapers, you know, in the city newspaper as like, you know, this prominent black person. And, and again, in a time where this is a very white space, you know, and very white controlled space. And so I think that for me, it's like, it's just a beautiful thing because it's like, you know, I'm touching, you know, documents and pictures and really connecting with things that belonged to these people. And it just makes the history so real for me, you know, because it's not reading it in a book. Like, these are actual people that walked these streets, you know what I mean, that lived in these homes, that went to school in these places. And I think that's the beautiful thing for me um, and, and what really... Um, excited me about, you know, being a part of the project. And also, it's a project that speaks a lot about visibility. Mm -hmm. When, like you said, a community that has been predominantly white, controlled, and sometimes because the documents and the archives and the information that has been shared in the majority of the community sets the trend of thinking, well, this is just a white community. Mm -hmm. And then we find out 
it is not when we update information. And then we have now in current times, this new way to define the community in Holyoke saying, well, it is half Latino, half white. Mm -hmm. And still, there is a lot of issues with that visibility. Right. How do you see, how do you find this lack of visibility for the black community in Holyoke and the Pioneer Valley? I think, so not to, you know, black people aren't a monolith and, you know, all, all of our experiences are different. So not to speak for everyone, but I know that for me, there's something so powerful in, I think that it's important, right? It's important for us as individuals to understand our history, right? And so that we know that we're not outsiders in this space, right? Like this is our space. And so it's reclaiming that history so that we can claim the space that we're in, like the spaces that we exist in. It's not that we are outsiders trying to come in, but that we have a, a long history, you know what I mean? That goes back to the establishment of this city, you know? And so I think that For people in general, like the more you know about your history, the more you, you are capable and equipped to kind of move in the world. You know what I mean? And you can't know where you're going if you don't know where you come from, right? And so I think that that for me is the biggest thing, is that we existed here. We helped build this place and this space, you know, prior to the Industrial Revolution. And we continue to exist here, you know, and we continue to, in different ways, thrive. And so how do we understand that, you know, a lot of the things that we're facing now, you know, with gentrification, with certain communities coming in and encroaching on our space, you know what I mean? Like, how do we push back by saying that this isn't a thing that you can do, right? Because this is our space, right? That this is our community. These are our spaces. These are our streets, you know what I mean? And I think that for, for us to move forward, you know, we need that strong base. We need that strong history that says that, you know, people faced this before and they were able to come through. With this project ongoing and compiling and archiving information, What are the expected goals? What do you foresee happening? So um, at Wisteria Hearst, at the museum, I think that we're at the beginning stages, right? So for me, this is the beginning of the research. But I think that at Wisteria Hearst, the goal, and even for, for me, the goal, right, is to make all of this stuff accessible to the community. So on February 24th, we're doing a collection day from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. And in that space, we're asking people to bring their family history, you know, bring photos, bring newspaper clippings. Um, we want to set up a space where we can do a video and audio recordings of people just telling stories about living here. And my vision for this is that, you know, Wisteria Hearst has done a lot of uh, really awesome Um, exhibits that have been like outdoors or in public spaces and so it's like how, or, or even using the museum you know but how can we take that and move it move the history into the space into Holyoke you know um, through exhibits through talks having people come and even set up and tell their family histories you know to a room full of people 
I really like the idea of oral histories. And so not me telling someone's story, but someone actually telling their own story, right? And so I envision exhibits that are a combination of the pictures of these families, the pictures of individuals from the community, the pictures of the organizations, and people having videos, either home videos or just a recording of them, you know, talking about their photos and their family, and also audio recordings where, you know, folks can like walk up to a picture and then listen to the people who are in the picture or their descendants talking about their memories or the stories that, you know, their parents told them or their grandparents told them. You know, whether that's about them migrating here or about them just living in, and working and going to school in this space. And talking about the connection between the generations, you mentioned the descendants of people that were founders or involved or influencers of our current way of life and getting to know, discover, and honor those stories. Absolutely. And also making a connection with our current times mm -hmm. where we also need to keep building that sense of community with tolerance, with respect, with common understanding. Mm -hmm. And I believe a good way to make this happen is throughout the different ways of expression that we have, mm -hmm. utilizing, like you said, oral stories, videos, the archives and compilation of documents, having all together as a community parties, that is not only rescuing the history, but continue writing it today. Right. To continue to build on it. Because I think that, like, and, and that's part of the collection day, right? Is that whoever's here, you know what I mean? Like, you live here. This is your, your, your home. And so bringing that history so that even if it's every year, you know what I mean? Or every few years that there's a call that goes out that says, we're looking for Holyoke history, like Holyoke black history, you know? You know, how do we bring folks in so that we can continue to, to build on, like you said, that, that history and that legacy of, you know, of struggle, of life, of beauty, you know what I mean? Because that's what it is, right? Like, this is our life, you know? This is our history, our personal and communal history. And so I think that, you know, it doesn't stop with, whatever period that we're in now, but like how do we continue to influence and uplift and not just through our ancestors, but also through and with the people who are living and breathing now, you know what I mean? And so that we can we can move forward so that we can also, you know, bring the generations that are coming, bring them up, you know what I mean? And so that they see like this This is us, you know what I mean? This is all of us and all of our shades and all of our, you know, glories and our ups and our downs. Like, this is us, right? This is our story that we want to continue to keep telling. How do you feel being involved in this project? I think it's a beautiful thing. You know, last night someone asked me the same, a similar question. And it's just, I love black people. Like, I love everything about who we are. And that's the good and the bad, you know what I mean? Because we've come through so much being in the world, you know what I mean? And I think that for me, it makes my heart happy to be able to have, you know, like blackness be centered, you know what I mean? in the foundation of a place that has been so polarized, right? Where we haven't been visible, you know, where 
our stories haven't been told. And so I think for me, it's just, it's excitement. Like every time I find something new or I see a new picture or a newspaper article or I get new information. And I mean, up till this point, I've really only talked about it with like family and friends and the folks at Wisteria Hers. But I'm like, every day it's just like, Penny, guess what I found? You know what I mean? And it's just like this excitement of like, it's here. You know what I mean? It's here and it's real. It's not just a thought that like, oh, maybe black people lived here for generations. It's like, no, they lived here. And now let's just like dig it up and put it out so that the people who are still here have access to it. You're listening Radio Plasma. And we want to listen to your feedback. Let us know your thoughts, ideas, suggestions, comments, requests people or matters that you will like to hear about in this space. You can contact us on our website, radioplasma.com, and through our social media channels, Twitter, Radio Plasma Lab, and facebook.com slash radioplasma. Thinking a little bit about the stories that people can share, what will be your story? <laughs> I don't know yet. Um, I think, I mean, I'm not, I'm not from Holyoke. I've worked here. I've worked here for years, you know, both in the community and as a, a community support coordinator at the WIC office on High Street. And so I love Western Mass, you know, in, or at least the Valley. <laughs> and I love Springfield. I love Holyoke. You know, we've done, through the Western Mass Women's Collective, we've done books and breakfast events here. Um, through Library 451, I've been Biblioteca 451. You know, we've done book drives. And I think that the community is such a vibrant one. And there's so much that is just like soulful, beautiful, like joyful, just like spirited here that I think that I'm, I don't know what my Holyoke story would look like, but I know that I'm happy to be a part of hearing and receiving and embodying, you know, more or less, the, the stories and the, the lives of the people that are from here, you know what I mean? Whether they've left or have stayed, um, I think that for me it's just... It just makes my heart happy. Yeah, like that, that is it. So I don't know what my contribution would be, um, will be outside of the collection, but my hope is that I will be a resource and that I will be, you know, someone that, you know, people can trust and that they, the community has faith that this will be a beautiful thing for us and that the community is just as ex excited as I am, which, you know, so far has been <laughs> the case. Um, and so, yeah, like, I just wanted to, I want all of the pieces. Like, I want it all. Like, I want the all, the whole story. You know what I mean? Um, like I said, the good and the bad, because I think that, like, it's here, you know, and people have it. And so often, you know, we let our elders pass with their story, with their history, you know, and we don't hold on to it. We don't have the opportunities to remember past our memories of them, you know, like we don't get to remember their memories. And I think that that's something that's so important. And I think that's something that's so much a part of our culture is that we always tell stories, you know what I mean? And we always pass down our family 
uh, our family history generation to generation, but thinking about the people who have passed, who their only connections to the community were members in the community, you know what I mean? But what was their story? You know what I mean? What was their family history? And maybe somebody has that. And so I think that like, this is just so important for that reason is that we can get into the nooks and crannies. You know what I mean? We could find, you know, Mr. Wilson that lived at the end of the block that Mary used to bring food to every week. You know, whatever, whatever that is, because I'm sure that somebody has his story. You know what I mean? And so it's like, how do we get that? How do we bring all of that out and, and really like map it out so that it continues? So that when anyone wants to say, I want to know, I wanna, I'm at the elementary school, I'm at the high school, and I want to know about people who look like me, who are like me. I want to know about them, that they can come and they can say, like, oh, here it is. And so that's the initial part, is that finding aid. And so that the finding aid that I'm putting together is, like, all of the resources or all of the archives from the different institutions and different spaces is just like putting them on one paper so that someone can go online and they can say, oh, I want to know about this history. I can go to the library. Oh, I need to know about that. I can contact Wisteria Hearst. And talking about the full story, including the good and the bad, I think doing this type of research also should bring some questions or some comments what have been so far, if any, challenges that you will found by doing this research? Um, I think that there have been folks who have thought about this, you know what I mean, in a way. You know, I've had people ask me, and, and I don't think it's a problem, you know, but I think that white people specifically love black history, right? And there's something in, you know, being able to to consume our stories that is in some way gratifying or in some way has has historically been the case, right? Like, you know, white people have advanced in the world off of the, the histories or the backs of or the labor of, you know, of black folks in, in the world, but, you know, specifically in this country. And I think that when I think academically about doing the work, I think that that is a thing that continues to happen, right? But I think in something in that get, gets lost, right? And, and again, black folks aren't a monolith. I don't share the same experiences as everyone, but I have through culture, you know what I mean? Through my state of being, I have an understanding of what it is to be a black woman who lives in this space, right? And so, or a black person who lives in this place that has black family that live in this place, you know? And so it's like, for me, it's not just about appropriating. It's not about appropriating or telling a story from an outside lens or putting my own perspective on it, which is the thing that tends to happen when people tell other people's stories, right? And so I think that for me, my hope is that it stays with the community, you know, whether it becomes my legacy or someone else's, that it's someone from this space, that it's someone who is black, you know what I mean, who is telling this story or helping other people tell their stories so that we don't get into a space where 
it's like culture vultures, you know what I mean? And so I think that has been my, I've only had a few experiences of, you know, of, of people coming and saying like, well, I had this idea or I, how can I help or how can I get involved? And not to push anyone out, you know, but I think again that I feel like this is a very specific story and if we want to keep it with the people, that I think it should be of the people, you know, that this story should be for us because it is for us and that it should be by us, you know. Once this story is compiled, then it will be shared and that's the beauty of it because then it will have all the essence and the knowledge and wisdom together for everybody to listen to it and then have conversations mm -hmm. and digest it mm -hmm. and analyze it and absorb it and reflect on that so we can all together as a community, as a diverse community, decide what to do next. Right, right. You know, again, like I think that a lot of people have a lot of things to contribute and so not to, you know, not to exclude anyone you know, by any means, because even thinking about some folks who have come and have shared stories, and it's like, I remember, you know, the black folks that lived in this house down the street. I was on a swim team with, you know what I mean, my best friend was this guy, so-and-so, you know what I mean? And again, it, it's a part of a diverse story, right? It's a piece of that. And so I think that, again, like, just how do we keep it authentic, Right. Like, how do we keep the authenticity of of these people's stories of their lives, you know, that doesn't get picked apart by the researchers or that only certain parts are shown because we want to like, no, we want the whole thing so that we can look at the community not as, you know, under a microscope, but seeing that like these these are the pieces of the puzzle. Right. And these are the things that they contributed to this society, to this community specifically. And how did we build, you know, in a time that, how did we build from being enslaved black people, right, where you have this very clear relationship to the white folks that were here, to then we have labor movements that are happening that are black and white and you know, at a point also Latino, you know, and then we have, you know, housing crises that are happening and then people are coming together and it's everybody that's coming together, right? But it's like when we only have a part of the story from this community and a part of the story from that community and there are people who were involved whose perspective is missing, then the whole story is not put together, right? Like the whole history of Holyoke is not put together if we're not talking about Native people that lived here, if we're not talking about Latino migration, Puerto Rican migration, right? And we're not talking about Irish and Polish and French Argonauts. Like if we're not having a conversation about all the people who existed here, then the story of Holyoke has not been told, right? <laughs> and it's something that we don't know. And so it's how do we bring all of that together so that, like you said, we're able to sit down and have a, a broader conversation about it, that we're even able to talk about slavery being a thing that happened here. You know what I mean? Because when I, when I talk to some people about it, it's just like, no, we live in Massachusetts. And it's just like, in 1680, like, there was a publication that's like there were 5,000 enslaved people 
in Massachusetts. And there were a number of them that were in the spring, like quoted as the Springfield area, which at that point would be Springfield, West Springfield, Holyoke, you know, and, and Chicopee. So it's like, it existed, but we can't tell the whole story without having that be a part of it, right? We lose something, so. In order to make this story happen also, it takes people to share mm -hmm. their knowledge, their experience, whatever tangible documents, pictures, mementos from that history and bring them on this uh, historic election day on February 24th at Wisteria Hearst. And also to get involved, to continue bringing friends, family, people that you may know that have something to share. So we together can build up this history collection. Absolutely. So I think like I've had a, a few people who have contacted us to let us know that they weren't going to be able to come on the 24th, right? But they have a story that they want to tell. They have stuff that they want to talk about. And so while that day is our collection date, the February 24th date, we're not excluding anyone from, you know, or that's not the only day, right? And so uh, right now online, if you go on to the Wisteria Hearst website, we have a form there that is for the collection day. And it just asks people if they're going to be able to come. If they're not, when would they be available for us to be able to get people's contact information so that I can be in contact with them so that we can get get those documents, get those pictures, get those stories down. And so it doesn't have to be on the 24th, and it's definitely going to be something that's going to be ongoing. So definitely the more people that are interested in wanting to share their stories, like I said, I'm not turning anyone away. I want it all, you know what I mean? And whether we, we can catalog it or archive it, you know, what that time looks like, I think that in my mind is irrelevant because it needs to come together. Um, and so, if, yeah, if folks can't come on the 24th, I definitely would appreciate people being in touch with me um, via email or they can contact the Wisteria Hearst by phone or by email as well. And we can set something up so that people can come in and, like I said, bring their family history either on paper or come and tell stories. This is the Black Holyoke Uncovered Archival Leads Collection is happening on February 24th at Wisteria Hearst Museum from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. This is on 238 Cabot Street in Holyoke, Mass. All the information on how to contact Erica, how to contact Wisteria Hearst is also available in the posting of this story in our website, radioplasma.com. And Erica, I want to keep this invitation open for you to come back to keep us updated on what are the new discoveries that you have made through throughout this collection? And what are the next steps? What um, are some of the stories that we could share? Because I also want to offer this space for people who want to be part of this, to share the stories or have these conversations with the community to utilize Radio Plasma as another platform to keep building that community engagement. Awesome. Thank you. That would be amazing. I think that would be awesome. So this is our conversation with Erika Slocum, and this is a very important and relevant project happening in Holyoke. 
also important to outstand the work by the Wisteria Hearst Museum on getting all possible efforts to keep the community in Holyoke involved in all different aspects, utilizing a space that breaks out with the concept of what a museum should have been or should have been understood as only a place where history is contained. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's a place where history is made. Right. And I think bigger than that, too, it's like, I think on another level is when we think about what is relevant history or what is history, we think about people who've like the movers and shakers, right? Like we think about these like charismatic people who, you know, were in the newspapers, were, you know, on the news, were, you know what I mean? Like everybody knows their name. And I think that we, the beautiful thing about what Wisteria Hearst is doing there, just across the board with this project and others, is that it's the people who are monumental to us, right? Individually, like our families, like our mothers and our grandmothers and our fathers and brothers, you know, that these people are significant to us and, and have in ways been significant to the community, you know? And so I think that that should be the purpose of libraries. That should be the purpose of museums, is that not just, as you said, containing the history, but making it more vibrant, you know what I mean? Bringing it alive and, and making it and connecting it to like folks that are, are here. Erica, thank you so much for being involved in this project. Thank you for your time, for sharing what you're doing here with us. A pleasure talking to you, meeting you, and I know we're going to get to do different things, yeah. seeing all these possibilities and connections with culture, diversity, and the energy that you're bringing here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate being able to utilize this space. And thank you for listening to this edition of the Radio Plasma podcast celebrating February Black History Month. This session was produced and recorded at the Plasma Media Lab here in the Gandara Youth Development Center in Holyoke, Massachusetts. I'm your producer and host, Johan Rashivega. Thank you for listening.